This is Together 24-7, episode 132. Have you been looking for a different way to increase business, a better way to get your message out there to the masses, a great way to tell the whole world, hey, I am the absolute best at what I do. A commercial's not going to do it. Blogs, not everybody reads. But what about a podcast? It's worked for us. It can work for you too. Maybe you haven't done it because you're not sure what to do. We've created a couple of classes just for you. First is our 10-session self-paced online course, Zero to Launch. It's a self-study course. You download it. You do it at your own pace. And at the end of it, you are a podcaster. Our second class is a live class. We do it via internet, almost a webinar style, but it's live, it's interactive, and we start them a couple of times a year. You can find the schedule at our website. So either do the self-paced course or the live course. Find out information on both at www.fifthtowersolutions.com. That's fifth, F-I-F-T-H, towersolutions.com. Welcome to Together 24-7, the show that talks to entrepreneurial couples about their business lives, their personal lives, and how to balance both without driving each other crazy. Here's your hosts, Barry and Catherine Cohen, showing how you can be business partners with your sweetheart and sweethearts with your business partner. Barry and Catherine have been married since 1996, in business together since 2003, and have survived to talk about it. Good afternoon, Catherine. Welcome to our show. I'm always here. No, you're not. No, I'm always sitting right here my entire life. Only when life. we do the show. No, my entire life. That's I it. You sit, just sit right just there. Sit you right don't here. move. I don't move. Is that why I never get any work done? That's pretty much it. And you're blocking the door so I don't get to go to the bathroom That's either. That's right. That's right. So why are we here today, Kat? We have a show. Yeah. No kidding. Do okay. we have a show? So episode 132 is Heather and Jonathan Borman. Uh, they are out of Baldwin, Wisconsin. They are Borman Counseling, as well as The Fringy Bit, which is their podcast. That, that Jonathan had to name that because that is such a British term. Um, Heather and Jonathan are therapists. They run an outpatient clinic. They've been in business together for eight years. They are together, together 16. They're married. They have an 11-year-old boy. Uh, an eight-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy. Like she's like right in the middle. She's the, the middle girl's child in the middle, yeah. right? So right. she's automatically the favorite. Well, yeah. And <laughs> so the favorite, the princess wrapped around daddy's finger, uh, and the whole deal. Right, right. So she probably doesn't have middle child syndrome like you do. Probably not. You have it bad. And maybe Heather and Jonathan, through the course of this interview, can help you with that middle child syndrome. Heather is a mother, therapist, writer, podcaster, speaker, and home educator. I, so many people now. I mean, we don't have kids, so I, I have no idea. But so many people now are are, uh, are homeschooling. Homeschooling. Mm-hmm. I Absolutely. think it's great. I think it's great. You enjoy great. playing the piano and reading and hiking. The mm-hmm. last question: chocolate. Like who doesn't? Um, mm, chocolate. Red, red wine and white wine. So the last question is going to be uh, tough. Green Bay Packers. You I, think? It, it, I think it's a requirement <laughs> up there. Do you have the little hat? Do you the have cheese the head? It, we we do. I think we have a couple of them actually. I don't usually wear them on a Sunday, but we have them. No, we don't Just wear in- them on a Sunday. We we reserve them for <laughs> Monday through Saturday. All right. Just let the rest of them wear it on a Sunday. You like spending time with your kids? I should hope so. And your husband? Uh, Again, one would hope. Some of them. Uh, and sometimes you like to spend time alone, don't we all? Your dislikes are stupidity. I don't like that either. Cruelty. Cleaning. 
I, I don't like it. I just do it. And you dislike Indian food. But Jonathan, you like Indian food. You love Indian food. Yes, Barry? absolutely. Barry? I, I hate Indian food. And I love Indian food. Jonathan, mm. we are Indian Clearly there's food. a problem there, and you have marital issues, so you should probably, <laughs> if you're in the western Wisconsin area, you should come and have a chat with us. We can help you out. That's uh, right. We, well, it's okay, because I also don't like cheese, so I can't go to Wisconsin oh. anyway. Oh. Yeah, oh. It, it's, it, that's a whole thing. Good. They yeah. just lost all respect for me, didn't have, they? Have, have yeah, fun in Italy. Yeah, Barry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Have fun in Italy with your husband who doesn't eat any of the cheeses that are presented to you. Over the course of your visit. I drink the wine that's presented with the cheese. Yes. So, Jonathan, you and I are going out for Indian food. Uh, we're leaving good. my husband and your wife home with the kids. That's... Ho, 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 ho. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, no, no. No, 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 no. No, you don't want to... You do not ever... Listeners, do not leave your children alone with my husband. It is not that there is anything wrong with my husband, immoral or illegal with my husband. It is just that when you get your children back, they will be sugared up, they will be caffeined up, and we don't... And they'll... And they will be saying every five minutes, pull my finger. Yeah, and they will be... And they will be cursing worse than sailors. So, not... Because he does, but because he will teach them how. Oh, so it's like leaving it with a grandparent, basically. It, leaving it with a grandparent. <laughs> that's exactly it. So, Heather, you have been more of an entrepreneur than you ever thought because you've started clubs and groups in, in high school and college just because if you didn't find what you exactly what you liked or anything that you liked, you created your own thing. That's what an entrepreneur mm-hmm. does. If they're not doing it right, do it yourself, right? That's right. Yeah. Because the business, I actually kind of just fell into. So I never have really thought of myself as an entrepreneur. But then when I look back, I'm like, oh, I've actually been doing this my whole life. I just didn't realize it. So surprise. Your your dad and your brother have also been entrepreneurs. You have a master's in social work. Uh, And Mm -hmm. yeah, you got frustrated. I'm going to guess here that it was frustration working for other people. And then you decided to open up your own private practice. Yep, that's pretty much it. So a lot of it is sparked by your own experiences, parenting, both both of your experiences, obviously, parenting a higher needs kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the fringy bit, which is an, a blog, an online community, and a podcast aimed at providing support for parents with differently wired children. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, we can tell by your accent, but you were born and raised just outside of London, England. You moved to the U.S. after you met Heather. Uh, you guys were working together at a summer camp. Mm, yes. How fun. I was- usually tell people that, you know, she was a counselor, I was a camper. She took horrible <laughs> advantage of me. But that's a lie. Um, we were both campers. Um, no, we weren't. We were both counselors. And uh, yes, we met and fell in love. Aww. Aww. Was, was camp yeah. here in the US or in England? It was in the US. It was in uh, South China, Maine. South China, places. Maine. Never heard of it. Yeah, but you didn't know there was a South China in Maine, did you? No, I did I did not. Nah, see? Knowledge bomb. Knowledge bomb. Wow. Well, I know where I'm going for Christmas dinner. South China, Maine? South China, Maine? No, that would be Christmas dinner. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, I, I thought you said Christmas Eve dinner. No, Christmas dinner. I get my Chinese food there. In South China, Maine. I'm sure yeah. you do. No, you don't. Oh, you oh, there you go. No, you don't. You have to, <laughs> for those that don't know... What Jews do on Christmas Day is we see a movie and have Chinese food. That's a tradition. Could, it's a requirement. So, you know, you just got to find the right places. That's right. Yeah. I and, could get behind that tradition. That sounds brilliant. I'm converting. There you go. All <laughs> well, see, I didn't, I don't, no need to convert. No need to convert because I didn't convert. And, uh, and that's what we do. Although because, last year we changed it up to sushi instead of Chinese right, food. Right. Because the Chinese food Ooh. here isn't that great and the sushi is. 
We got permission from my father-in-law to uh, have sushi instead um, <laughs> because he was raised orthodox, uh, conservative, so um, I took permission from him. For a while, you were a probation p- parole officer in Colorado for five whole yes, years. I was. And then you moved back to your wife's home in the state of Wisconsin after your first child was born. Were you guys, were you commuting from Wisconsin to Colorado? Were you working in Colorado or did you both live in Colorado? That would be a pretty heck of a commute right there. That's like a 14-hour drive. Um, so we weren't commuting from Wisconsin to Colorado. Um, we both lived in Colorado. Um, uh-huh. We worked and lived. She went to school. Yeah, I went. that's where I went to grad school. So we were out there for school, and John was working, putting me through school. So Got it. And, nice and, like that. And by the way, a lot of people do commute like that 14-hour drive. They just do it on weekends. They work four days and... They do it. So I'm not a complete yeah. geographic idiot, listening audience. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, we might need to rethink our Indian date. If that's, yeah, no, I'm not a complete geographic. that's ge- the level of discourse we've got going on. That, that's right. Yes, no, I'm not a complete geographic idiot. I'm actually pretty good with geography. Um, but there are people that do that for whatever reason. Yeah. You guys specialize in working with couples on the brink of divorce as well as young adults. Do Is it more of a bringing those couples back together again or resolving the issues, dissolving the marriage and everybody going their own separate way happily? Well, that kind of falls into two different topics. Um, so we do deal with couples that have, you know, are kind of on that precipice. Do mm-hmm. we divorce? Do we not divorce? At that point, you do what's called discernment therapy where you walk them through you know, the pros and cons of staying together as their relationship looks, what they'd need to do to change their relationship to make it the kind of relationship that they want. Um, and then depending on where they come down at the end of that four or five session visit, you then either move into couples therapy, you move into collaborative divorce, or they decide, you know, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing for a little bit and not change anything at all. Um, otherwise, but then we also work with couples that kind of need a bit of a tune up, um, Things aren't going so great. They've got, you know, nine times out of ten, it's communication issues. Throw some adultery in there, um, stuff like that. And we kind of, we give couples the tools they need to get them to a place that they want to be at, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you enjoy working out, reading, video games, cooking, talking with the lovely and talented Mrs. Borman as documented on our podcast. So the podcast is the fringy bit. uh, And I know the fringy bit is something i read it i read that phrase in my cousin's books and i'm not really sure um what that means i i vaguely know so what is the fringy bit yeah well so we um one of my specializations in therapy is working with kids who are differently wired so whether that's high functioning autism or sensory processing issues or giftedness um And instead of, that's a lot of words to try to describe. (laughs) So I just started calling them kids on the fringes, um, which is kind of where actually fringy comes from. Fringy kids. Fringy kids. And that, yep. And then our daughter, she has some differing needs and she has this, you know, those tied fleece blankets. She has one of those and she has a particular fringe bit that is her comfort spot. And so we have to turn the blanket around until she finds her fringy bit, which is what she calls it. So that's, that's where the name came from, the fringy bit. That's cute. That's very cute. So it's not some sort of British term. No, but I... I, No. It sounds like it. (laughs) It, You can believe it is. 
Okay, the, I'll, I'll believe it is. Podcast. Because Catherine is always right, so it's no, got to be. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm uh. thinking, I, I thought it, something like that, it sounds like a, I'm sorry, a, 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 a constant British term that's used in some books that I read. Anyway, fiction. Well, f- they call bangs fringe. Fringe. Yes. Okay, that's it. Okay. See, I was close. Uh, the brain, the brain works <laughs> in different ways. Thing is on the fringe. It is on the outside of. Right. That I know. Of the norm. That so, I know. Yeah. But I, yeah, you're right. No, uh, uh, actually, Heather is right, as the wife usually is. And yes, it is. She it's is. the it's it's the fringe with the bangs. That's that's how yep. that's how go. things are described. Your entrepreneurial journey started seven years ago when your wife. Decided- the lovely and talented. It- Mrs. Borman. So I don't yes. know. It's like a British thing that well, it's like a pet name. No, no. I need to know who wrote the bio. Jonathan, no, that, who wrote that, you? That's all me. Okay. That, that I explains re- it. I refer to her as the lovely and talented Mrs. Borman. He does. Uh, I you, attest to that. He you got to make points anytime you can. That's right. Hey. I understand. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> so you, you, you come from no entrepreneurial background, and Heather, you come from an entrepreneurial background. Bit of a learning curve. Hey, that's with everything. Um, and you started your podcast a few months ago. So tell us a little bit about the well, the kids. They're an inspiration in your practice, and and uh, and why did you start your practice together? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it actually started. We I started the practice kind of on my own. Um, it, with John as a partner that was helping with ideas, but he was actually not even in school yet to be a therapist. And so um, I had started it because I just wanted to be on my own. (laughs) And then as time went on and John decided he wanted to move into therapy too, it made sense for us to kind of join together a little bit more. Um, our kids are more of a inspiration for our podcast and for the fringy bit um, blog because as we know as parents of a higher needs child it puts a lot of strain on families and a lot of families end up feeling really isolated and so as another project to add on top of our already busy lives we decided to try and find some way to connect families so that they didn't feel quite so alone um, in the interest of couples we know that the divorce rate for parents of special needs kids is around 80%, which is significantly higher than the national average. So that just speaks to how much stress there is. And we would just want to provide support and um, help families navigate through all of the additional pressures. So that's how our kids inspire the podcast. Um, and sometimes, you know, they come on occasionally and chat with us too, which is always fun. And they provide all of our stories really. So <laughs> I don't know. Did you have anything to add, John? What you just said. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Eloquently done. Excellent. And, and they're, and they're being paid well for their, um, their creative input and, uh, and, and story writing. Hey, hey, story hey, hey. they got a roof over their head. They get their three meals a day. They're getting Absolutely. paid just fine. They get room and board. Absolutely. <laughs> they get room and board. <laughs> so, guys, tell us the moment you realized you could do this without ruining your relationship. Go ahead, John. <laughs> <laughs> um, the moment I realized. <laughs> Sounds like he's still thinking about it. <laughs> not, me- not sure I've had that moment quite yet. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I. Initially, it was it was a bit daunting when 
she came back and said, you know what, I think we should open up a private practice. Um, at that point, we both had full-time jobs and, you know, we were doing kind of, you know, we were having fun. And I was like, so we want to go from, you know, a nice regular paycheck because she was at, she was making more money than I was at the time. And, um, you know, we we're going for a nice regular paycheck and nice health insurance <laughs> to not entirely sure when the next paycheck's coming from, uh, where the next paycheck's coming from, how much it's going to be, and are we going to have to pay for anything? Um, so that was a bit daunting. But then um, my wife has a has a, a knack about her that once she puts her mind to something and starts doing it, she's very, very easy to believe in. And so I was used to that at that point. And so I just kind of jumped on board with it. And whatever I can do to help, whatever I can do to assist, um, we'll do it. And so I never really had that that mm-hmm. moment where it was like, you know, this is this going to be the end of us? I never really thought that. Well, you know, and the other piece is we actually met working together at the camp. So That's we true. met where we could see the good, the bad, and the ugly of each other within 24 hours because we were around each other 24 hours a day. And we were planning programs together. So um, we've always known that we work well together, and I think we complement each other really well. So there really wasn't ever a concern about being in business together, destroying our relationship, more just possibly destroying our financial health, but <laughs> it's been going okay. <laughs> that That's that's the uh, issue for all of us entrepreneurs out there. <laughs> yeah. So guys, you're both counselors. Um, do you do the counseling together or separately? Um, do, you know, Jonathan, do you counsel certain people, certain types of people, and, and Heather others, or a little bit of both? Um, I like to call it the cosmic referral agency. Um, every once in a while, you'll you'll find yourself inundated with a certain client type, and that'll last for months, weeks, whatever. And then it'll kind of rotate, and you'll get a mixed bag, and then you'll have exactly the same type again. So I deal at the moment. The cosmic referral agency is sending me a lot of um, adolescent males. Um, and young adult males with depression and anxiety. Um, I'm seeing a lot of couples that are in the midst of deciding if they're going to stay together or not. Um, and that mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Darling, what about you? Yeah, I would say you see most of the adolescents because you are phenomenal with them. And it's awfully nice of you. <laughs> well, it's true. Easy to speak the truth. And um I tend to see more of the younger kids, like five and older, and then inevitably end up working with their families. I also am trained in a type of therapy that um, directly addresses trauma and trauma history. So I will see um, more of the higher trauma, traumatized, traumatized people. <laughs> That's the word. Traumatized. <laughs> I can say the word. <laughs> Um, but no, we do not do therapy together. The nice thing is that we can consult on cases together, which has been really helpful for me. Um, and occasionally if we do a group, we might co-facilitate a group together, but generally we're in session one-on-one or with one family at a time. So stepping away from the, the therapy that you guys do, there's other things, uh, as we all know, in business. There is the accounting and the advertising and the getting out and meeting people and the, and the, and the, and the. Um, mm-hmm. Who does what? 
And how is that division of labor decided? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, John's the tech guy, and I know nothing about tech, so he does all of that. Um, I tend to be more of the um, visionary dreamer kind of person, so I'm always looking for the next step. I get bored if I stick with something for too long, <laughs> so I'm always looking for the next thing. And then John is more of the practical okay, well, how can we put that into action and what steps do we need to take? Um, As far as the marketing or the PR and networking and getting out there with people, really that's pretty shared between the two of us. Um, At this point, it's been more me going out to conferences and speaking and doing that aspect um, while John stays home and has the even harder job of managing the home front with our children. Glad you appreciate that it is the harder job. I fully acknowledge (laughs) that. (laughs) It's kind of a break for me to go away for a weekend. Um, Numbers and those things, that is on my shoulders because we wouldn't want John to have anything to do with calculating numbers, really. That would be a god-awful idea. Yeah. That would be terrible. (laughs) Ugh. So that's kind of the general breakdown of the businessy task stuff for our practice. And how do you guys check in with each other on that end of it, the the business end of it? I you you consult with each other on some of the cases, and that's mm-hmm. kind of par for the course, I would think, where um, any kind of medical professional is is working together, you know, or in a group setting. But what about checking in with each other on the mundane, so very, very mundane tasks of day-to-day operating a business? Um, We use this little invention called text (laughs) and email. I don't know. You Probably you have it. I'm assuming you might. I've I've heard of it. Okay, good. Um, You use uh, use a a smart device, uh, like a phone or a laptop computer, and you you, we coordinate via that. It's kind of, we like it because it, it, it takes that we spend a lot of our time as therapists telling people, you know, unplug and you shouldn't be having conversations via text. And then we have a lot of our conversations, <laughs> our mundane conversations okay. via text. So it's a real do as we say, not as we do kind of thing. Um, but no, it's that way. It's kind of, it's very impersonal. It just, you know, this needs to be done. This needs to be done. I'm thinking about this thoughts on this. I'm going to email you a copy of a proposal. I'm going to email you a blog post, read through, Give me your thoughts. You know, we need coffee at the office. Can you please go pick that up? We need toilet paper, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, the minutia, you know, we, we have that division of labor split. Um, and so we we rarely spend time talking about that stuff. That mm-hmm. stuff's pretty much taken care of via the wonders of the interwebs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once at, at this point, once a month or a couple of times a month, we also, well, we always have another business partner, but we meet um, with all together and kind of lay out tasks and plans for the next month and then carry on. But it has been nice because it takes a lot of that, the texting and whatnot, it takes a lot of that. We don't have to talk about it anymore. So our conversations can be more just about us as a family and as a relationship instead of getting stuck in all of the details of running a business. I think that's a great idea when when you can do something like that. I, I'm assuming when you tell people to unplug and not have a conversation via text, I'm I'm going to make a giant leap here and say it's not so much about the could you pick up some milk while you're at the grocery store 
versus we got to talk. Yeah, exactly. yeah, versus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Text texting was invented to tell people to pick up milk from the grocery store. <laughs> texting was not invented to have a conversation about your relationship. If you find yourself doing that, you should probably go into the phone book and look up your number for the nearest marriage and family therapist. <laughs> and everybody say amen. <laughs> no, everybody say what's a phone book? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. Ask the Google. That's right. Ask Google. Yeah. Oh, ask the Google. I like that. <laughs> now, now through this whole journey, I, I really want to know what your biggest entrepreneurial disagreement was and how you worked through it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that there's been a specific disagreement. I think the hardest thing for us to navigate has been to figure out our roles and, um, generally I am more of that dreamer who's looking ahead and always looking for the next. And John is a very steady workhorse who is very content to get something. A good looking workhorse. Yes. A very good looking workhorse too. (laughs) But generally John, you're content to, uh, Find something that works and stick with it and keep going at it. And I so sister. Yep. trying to figure out how to play on the strengths of each of those. Um, and for me not to expect him to always be looking ahead for the next thing and for him to accept that I'm always going to be doing that. So uh, I think that's just been the biggest struggle for us to try and navigate and figure out how we can use those to complement each other instead of have friction. You know, I think that's what makes a great team, though, where one person is the visionary and the other person puts everything, puts the plans into motion, makes things happen, gets gets things done. I, I know with Catherine and I, Catherine is the visionary, without a doubt. She says, oh, I got a great idea. And I say, mm-hmm. can you tell me when I wake up? Um, <laughs> shoot me a text. <laughs> yeah, shoot me off a text. Actually, it's more like write it down because you're going to forget it in an hour. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then then you know just make things happen. I, I I'm task oriented, so I just I know what has to get done. I just go ahead, put my nose down in front of it, and get it done. Uh, and Catherine says, "Oh, here's the next great idea." So and. And it's my job also to keep her in line by saying, can we get this first idea done you know, first before we start on the next one? I yep. send her a text about that, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah John's usual, usual response is, and in what time are we going to be doing that? Yeah, yeah. How many, how many more hours do we have today? <laughs> yes. I, I, now, now when, when you're in these, these moments, um, and, and like I said, I understand these moments completely, do do you ever get into arguments about them? You know, like John John could be saying to to Heather, you know, can you wait? Hold on, wait, back off. Or is it okay? That's good. Let's just get it done. So tell tell me how tell me how that works. The dynamics of that. Yeah, uh, I I would. Part of me is tempted to say no. We never argue. <laughs> But that's actually the biggest red flag if that a couple comes a in and says they never argue. <laughs> um, it, you know, I, it tends to come out in terms of me feeling like he's being really negative. And so then I will come at him like, can you just support it for once? <laughs> Why are always so cynical? And, um, and I say, because I'm English. <laughs> and that's in our DNA, darling. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, and John gets very protective of me and my time because he knows that I can get overcommitted because I'm always looking ahead and all these new things. But sometimes, in all fairness, um, his protectiveness comes across as irritation with me. (laughs) It's not irritation with you. It's irritation with the myriad of things that you have going at one time. I said how it comes across. Ah, gotcha. I was careful with my words. Good Good job. Way to go. See, see what all that counseling does? I know. She gets the words out yeah. properly. properly exactly. It's called covering her butt. No. <laughs> it's because we're being recorded right now. But <laughs> That would be evidence. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think I understand you guys. You, you work through it at the time. Um, is there anything specifically that you do to actually get through these humps? Or do you just get on with it and, and kind of forget about it? Um, well... Forgetting about it um, is never good uh, because all that does is that builds up and builds up and you just add it to a little pile of resentment, um, not to get too therapist on you. Um, so it's always good to process the event. Um, if, it, if it's caused enough of a, uh, uh, an emotional reaction, it's always good to process that. And no, I'm not saying, you know, well, you should never go to bed angry. That. That's terrible advice. Um, sometimes you should go to bed angry. Sometimes you need to take a break from the, the the conversation, the situation, the emotionally charged interaction. We need to take a break from that. Um, the important part of it is both of you knowing when that point has occurred or one of you communicating to the other one, I need to take a break from this, and the other one being aware enough to say, fair enough, that's fine, we'll take a break from it. And then you both come and, you know, you you have the plan of this will be revisited at a later date. And give a time, give a date, give something like that, you know, we will talk about this tomorrow after the kids are in school. And so, and then you've got to follow through with that. That's what's really important. And on our good days, we do that. And on other days, it just reminded me of a story where <laughs> you we were angry about something. I don't even remember what. But you started counting in order to calm down. <laughs> you were a little uh, venomous in your counting, though. <laughs> You're like, oh, one, <laughs> two, like to try to create space. And I just shouted back at you, don't you count at me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the problem. We also know each other's tricks because we're both therapists. So. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that, that's hysterical. Now, now let, let's go to the flip side. Tell me some of the joys you experience of being together 24-7. Joys? Yeah, yeah no, joy. I'm sorry, that, Happiness, no, that, that joy, my... pleasure. Gotcha. <laughs> there was, there, I didn't mean to add a question mark at the end of that. Joy. <laughs> joy. Um, you take this one, darling. Yeah, okay. I'll piggyback. Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> um, it, you know, I think the biggest joy is that it's really more of a lifestyle and not just what we do, right? So we both have a common vision and we have a common vision for our whole family and for our life and um, and being on the same page of that and being able to have the flexibility of the entrepreneurial lifestyle. I mean, sometimes that flexibility means that we're actually working a lot, like as we're launching the podcast and all that, There's it's a lot. But then other times it also means, yeah, but on a Wednesday we can decide that we're just not going to do anything and don't schedule any clients and we'll take off as a family and do something fun together. So I think being able to embrace 
the whole uh, picture and lifestyle of it has been definitely one of the joys. And I mean, it's a lot of hard work to get to that point, but, um, but it's fun. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you have to add to it. Come on. <laughs> I think the, um, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, without sounding redundant, I think it, it does boil down to that, that mindset idea it's like you've worked hard to get to a place where you'd have that flexibility and so that is that's the payoff really i mean like today for example i take wednesdays off i don't do anything my wednesdays consist of going to the gym and hanging out with my family that's that's it my wednesdays are great i love them i wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't for the work we had put in um you know, so yeah, kind of what she said, really. I think that's important for our listeners to understand. You have to put in the work yeah. to get to that point. If oh, somebody, yeah, yeah. if somebody tells you, "Hey, you can be an entrepreneur. It's going to be real easy. You don't have to make any sales. You don't. You don't have to get any clients." It's a lie. I don't care. I don't care what profession. What what career you choose, what business you decide to open, I don't care what it is, there is a lot of hard work involved till you can get to that point and say, ah, let's take a break. You know what? Let's take today. Let's go to the movies. Let's turn our phones off. Let, let's just be able to do what we want today. We sit and have, there's nothing on the calendar. We're not going to answer the phones. Today's done. And I think once you get to that point, you realize all of the hard work was worth it. That's right. Right. And because they, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, and by the way, for uh, those of you who have traditional jobs and you see these entrepreneurs that take Wednesday off, go to the gym and spend time with their family, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> we're working our butts off. Uh, mm -hmm. when, Absolutely. You know, when, when you're just clocking in at nine and clocking out at five. So don't be saying to us, oh, you work at home. <laughs> you can go do these 27 billion things for me. Yeah, being, being right. an entrepreneur means you could work, you work 80 hours a week just so you don't have to work 40 hours a week. For somebody else. Right. And Jonathan, I, you were also saying? There was times a couple of years ago. I mean, I was working. I, had, I worked a full-time job. In addition to a small part-time overnight treatment mm -hmm. manager, um, Heather was working a full-time job plus seeing between, on average between 10 and 18 clients mm -hmm. a week, um, including Saturday mornings. Um, and that, that no one wants to do that. <laughs> and, and how many That's kids horrible. did you have at the time? How many kids did you have at the time? Uh, two, two. Okay. Okay. Two. Listeners don't be scared. Hard work <laughs> is good. Don't be scared because it is worth it. That's right. Mm -hmm. I, I can't, well, I can't emphasize that enough. It's worth it. Go ahead, Heather. Yeah. I'm sorry. And you know, I mean, while we've been building this business, we've been building our family too. I mean, our kids are still pretty young, but it's it, part of what makes it worth it also is watching, especially our oldest who's 11 and seeing now he's coming to that place of recognizing what our hard work is creating for him and for our whole family. And so seeing um, the pride and that understanding coming from him and what we have modeled to him as far as if you have a passion, go out and get it. Because 
yes, we're working sometimes 80 hours a week, but it's doing things that, well, not everything we love. I don't like writing notes, but, <laughs> but the bigger picture, we really love the work that we're doing too. And so to see that inspiring our kids, um, even though there's for sure are some things that, um, are downsides as far as having young children while you're starting a business, it, it, there's a, there's an end point, I think, where things come together and, um, and you see it. And he's even talking about, I don't know, maybe I'll be a therapist and take over Borman counseling, you know, those things that's, um, rewarding in a way that I guess you, you can't fully understand until you're experiencing it, but it's that, pretty awesome. That's great. You're inspiring the next generation and leaving a legacy. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Now tell our listeners one or two things that the two of you do to separate your business time from your family time. Hmm. <laughs> Jonathan's going to go, Heather, you want to take that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're a mind reader, aren't you, Barry? <laughs> I see a pattern forming. <laughs> but it's a pattern that's worked for the last like 16 years. <laughs> um, I think separating work from family, I, I, I think the text and the emails help for sure, because then you're not talking about it at home. Um, a lot of the times um, you know, during the week, one of us is usually solo parenting while the other one is doing, you know, seeing clients, speaking at conferences. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, usually once the person's got back from that, the last thing they want to do is talk about anything work-related, <laughs> yeah. right? Sometimes not even talk about anything at all. <laughs> which is kind of nice sometimes. <laughs> so it's almost like we have some some built-in buffers that enable us, you know, to to not do that, to not be like that. So we, you know, there is that I mean and being therapists as well, you know that you can't you need that break. You can't be talking about it all the time. It can't be as much as it is a passion, as much as it's something that you do, it's a lifestyle. It's not all encompassing as a lifestyle, if that's not an oxymoron and completely hypocritical of me to say, but we'll just go with it. We've also been making sure in the past few years that, uh, we just as a couple get away for at least two nights every fall and every spring so that we get time just to connect and we don't talk about business or anything business related during that time. Um, we don't get out on as many just like weekly dates as would be nice, but, but we're also both pretty good about saying, okay, that's enough time t spent talking about business now. Now we're done with that and we'll watch a show together or, um, do something else that is just for us to talk about something different. It's kind of hard right now because we are just three months into launching the fringy bit. So you know, when you're first launching something that takes a lot of energy and we're still navigating how that's all just smoothly fits into our day to day life. So right now, I think there's some room for us to grow in terms of separating um, projects and business from personal life. But we'll get there. We're also good about giving the other one a break, mm -hmm. like, um, you know, kind of that recognition if one of us has been kind of going above and beyond for a while or one of us has been single parenting for a while. Um, to kind of be aware of that, acknowledge that in the other person. And then it's like the other week, you know, you, you got Saturday off. Mm -hmm. It was like, just go do something, go, mm -hmm. go out with your friends, go 
to a coffee shop, go take a nap at one of the offices, you know, <laughs> whatever you want to do, just I've got it for the day, mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. And when you have that, when you can recharge yourself, you're going to have a di- different mindset that's going to interact with your attitude in different ways. You're going to interact with the world in different ways. They're going to be better ways. So you need to make sure you, you're cognizant mm-hmm. of doing that. Yeah, for sure. That, that, that's all really good tips for, for our listeners. Now, uh, along your entire journey, have there been any books that either of you have read that really impacted you, made a difference, that you, said to you, you know, this is the way I need to do things? Any, any books like that that you've read? It, this is going to sound like a weird book to recommend, but bear with me. <laughs> so it's actually a parenting book that I recommend to um, most parents, and it's called The Explosive Child by Dr. Ross Green. And um, here's how it applies to just life in general and to business. It talks about collaborative problem solving and having an approach where you listen to, I mean, in his examples, you listen to what the child has to say, and then you say what you need to say, and then you come up with a solution together. So finding a win-win. And it, it, it talks about really figuring out what the actual problem is. So just at first observing a situation that might be problematic without any judgment and approaching it with curiosity together to try and come up with a solution together. And so again, while the book is geared towards parents, It really applies. I mean, it applies in our relationship as a married couple. It applies in business where, you know, maybe the three of us business owners are sitting down and saying, okay, I've just observed that um, our turnaround time and scheduling intakes is taking longer. What's going on? Um, And then using that collaborative problem solving that's outlined in that book helps us address it more fully. So that's mine. Yours, John? Um. Book that's helped. So I was thinking about this, and I don't. I have a lot of therapy books that have kind of, you know, that I kind of my go-to therapy books that I recommend. That I find myself then also going back and rereading. Um. Well, let's go with one of those. Um, the one I would choose is uh, the Five Love Languages, because just reading that. So if we're all about connecting with people, if that is primarily as human beings, we want to feel connected. We want to feel connected with ourselves. We want to feel connected with others. Um, What the five love languages does is gives us an idea of how different people um, feel and show love. And if you can be knowledgeable on those different ways in which people feel and show love, then when you're in any kind of situation, meeting a new person, starting to understand a new person, um, you can use some of those tips and tricks to kind of ingratiate yourself with that person, to formulate a more uh, a healthier um, connection, which, you know, the more, more healthy connections we have with other people in our lives, the, the more fulfilling our lives are. So I'd recommend that one. And that's a book that a lot of our guests recommend. So listeners... If, oh. if all of these successful people are recommending a specific book, you might want to take a hint and read that book. It might actually do something <laughs> for you. Go figure. <laughs> and, and if you can give our listeners just one piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, to choose joy, which sounds kind of weird, but especially as Doesn't sound weird built- to me. 
<laughs> especially as you're building a business or thinking about building a business, there's a lot of that hard work we were talking about, but really joy and appreciating joy is a mindset. And if you're not able to have joy and experience it, then what's the point? So choose joy. Choose hmm. joy. I like that. Um, I would go with a quote from uh, would was going to be the book I was going to recommend called The Book of the Samurai, which was written in I think like 1700s um, by a samurai. And one of his uh, one of his little notations is uh, is something that goes along the lines of the end is important in all things. And a lot of times we we're really cognizant of something when it's in the beginning stages, and we're really cognizant of something when it's in the in the middle. You know, we kind of get swept up in it, and a lot of times we just let things just go. And we just, you know, we say, oh, we just moved on. But I think to be whole and to be completely well-rounded, we need to acknowledge when things in our life do come to an end, when there is a, a transition from one thing to another. And we need to understand, we need to celebrate that ending or we need to really recognize that as an ending and give it the the just kind of thought and mindset that, that an end deserves. So the end is important in all th things would be my one. That's a good one. And it's timeless because it comes from the samurai from the 17th century. The other piece of advice from the samurai is grab the wrapped end of the sword. Yeah. Yes, that's that's good, good advice right there. That is, good. that is good advice. All right, let's get into some fun stuff now. Oh, because we haven't been having fun. We have been. We have been. But this is away from business and away from well, – this is personal, but it's away from – anyway – Guys, what is your favorite meal to cook together if you're one of those couples or families that does that special meal that everybody's in the kitchen? Or um, if you're like me and you choose not to cook, what is your favorite meal at your favorite restaurant? Well, I can tell you what this – so we were, I was thinking about this as a question, um, what our favorite meal is to cook. And we don't actually cook a meal together was what I was initially thinking. But that's a complete fallacy. Let me tell you how it works in our house. And I'll use the example of Sunday breakfast because we like to do a massive Sunday breakfast in our house. We're talking like everything made from scratch with the exception of the bacon and the sausages and stuff. But, you know, with biscuits, gravy, um, homemade hash, peppers and onions and bunches of other stuff, right? And usually because I'm a masochist, I take that all on on my own. And I say, right, I'm going to make breakfast. Yay. <laughs> and then what inevitably happens is about halfway into it, I get completely in the weeds and completely overloaded. And I hear a little voice. Anything I can do to help? And I say, no, it's fine. I've got it. It's all good. And my tone gets a little clipped. <laughs> At that point, she says, what should I do? Should I do the biscuits? I'll do the biscuits. <laughs> I go, fine. Okay. And at that point, we start to seamlessly work together in the kitchen to create breakfast. So there's not one meal. It's usually when I'm way far down the rabbit hole that everything's going a little bit wrong. She steps in and she rewrites the sinking ship. And then we have a lovely breakfast and it happens pretty much every Sunday, <laughs> if not every other Sunday. Unless so, it's a Sunday I'm crabby. But. Right. You're like, yeah, do it yourself. <laughs> You're not really one that learns from your mistakes, do you? I, no, I see it's the power of positivity. I think, you know, I'm going to do it this week all on my own. You chose joy. <laughs> yes, I chose joy. <laughs> I should really just end it. 
and then have a little celebration. I've ended it. <laughs> We're going out for breakfast this Sunday, boys and girls. <laughs> Grab your coats. Always a good, always a good option. Okay, last question. Yeah. I don't know, Heather. This one is going to be really tough for you. So concentrate. Go, go deep inside, and tell me: red, white, or beer? Yeah. Well, I'm. See, this is going to be tricky because I'm going to give you both <laughs> red and white, but depending on, on the season. So we're up in the Midwest and we have very distinct seasons. So red for fall and winter and white for spring and summer. There, it's Wisconsin. So that's like a couple of weeks in July. That's right. That's right. She doesn't drink much red wine. But that is, <laughs> yeah. that is, that is what we were taught, you know, at... Uh, we don't uh, here here in Phoenix. We don't drink white wine until it's uh, what 105. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So and and it gets there pretty quickly. So uh, so from April to December. No, just kidding. <laughs> Jonathan, what about you? Uh, I like I I do like a nice white wine. I have the palate of an infant though, so I like a nice sweet white wine. Any dessert wines are just fantastic as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> That works. That works. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick yeah. break. And when we get back, we're going to hear some fun pet peeves. Hey, everybody. We know you love audio. Why else would you be listening to this podcast? Through audible.com, together 24-7 listeners can get a free audiobook. That's a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from. Just go to www.audible.com audibletrial.com slash together. Again, the website is www.audibletrial.com slash together. Listeners, you have a business. You need a website. There are a million choices out there, so where do you turn? Well, HostGator.com has one-click WordPress installs, or you can use their drag-and-drop website builder. They also have service and support available around the clock every day of the year, so you know you're in good hands. They already have low prices, and now HostGator.com has taken it a step further for our listeners. Use promo code TOGETHER247 to get 25% off their hosting services. Don't wait. Hit pause now and sign up at HostGator.com, unless you're driving. Then wait till you get where you're going. Remember, use promo code TOGETHER247 to get an additional 25% off at HostGator.com. Welcome back, and it is time for the pet peeve of the day. I'm sorry, the pet peeves We've of the day. We've got two We've got two. They're both good. Mm-hmm. I like them both, but I want Heather to go first. Okay. So my pet peeve is toothpaste, and it not, I mean, I'm willing to use toothpaste. That's fine. But watching other people use toothpaste or, you know, we have three children, one of whom has some like motor issues. So toothpaste is dripping all down her face and on the sink. And, oh, just even thinking about it, it skews me out. So, I'm so with you on that one. I get the dry heaves just thinking about it. Barry's face right now. He's like, oh, stop the conversation. I'm so with you. Oh, What's God. the problem? It's disgusting. What's the problem? Disgusting. Oh, gross gross yeah i will like i'll just hand a towel not even looking at my daughter just just wipe off your face now (laughs) it's it's the only time i turn my back on my wife it's i I just can't i can't no it it, no i'm sorry darling i love you but thinking about it 
<laughs> All right. Well, we'll try not to get Heather nauseous. John, what's your pet peeve? My pet peeve is people that set alarms in the morning and then don't follow through with that alarm. So, for example, <laughs> if your alarm is set off to go at 5.30, your alarm should go off at 5.30 and should get up at 5.30. That doesn't happen in our house. Someone's alarm. Well, actually, it happens when I set the alarm, but when other people set the alarm, it goes off at 530, 540, 547, 6 o'clock, 6.15, which is great on the days when I'm already up and at them at 530. But on the days when I've decided to, you know, sleep in, that doesn't happen because someone set their alarm at 530 and didn't get up at 530. In fairness, I get up. To reset the snooze button. <laughs> so wait, you act is the alarm clock actually away from the bed where you have to have to get up, get out of bed, hit snooze, and get no, back I, into bed? No, she's lying. No. She, she, I, I do she have reaches to sit her up. arm. I do have to sit up and go over. Yeah, because there's been times where I've accidentally turned it off altogether, which that's not so good for but me. Seriously, but <laughs> Barry, if you set an alarm, you maybe hit the snooze once. I'm with but you. But then you're up, right? I mean, I, I am so with yeah. you on this. Because Catherine may or may not do the same thing. Five more minutes. Heather, what is wrong with them? Don't they realize that we said it early so that we feel like we're we're getting something out of life? We're getting an extra 10, 15, 20 minutes of sleep? Don't they understand that concept? Exactly. I will actually intentionally set it and go, okay, then I can hit snooze four times. There's a true true (laughs) story. I actually have to get up. There have been times when I've gotten up at 5.30 in the morning, soundlessly, ninja-like, left the house, gone to the gym, come back, and she's still having her little (laughs) battle with the snooze button. And it's like, it's 6.30 now. She's still re-leaning over and hitting snooze. Heather, what? Heather, you that feeling of being able to roll over. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know. Heather, there, you you have problems. You might want to see a therapist about this. I could recommend one to you who will not pull any punches. Okay, choose joy. Choose joy. For Heather and I, that is the joy that we are choosing. Except you wake up your other half every nine minutes. Right. And. Well, you want to go to the gym anyway. <laughs> me? <laughs> Not this guy. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, Barry. <laughs> no, trust me. The gym is the f- – we, we we joined a gym a couple of times, you know, and you're sucked into it for a year, and you just look at your membership card. That's as far as it goes with yeah. my gym membership. Yeah, we just we, – we, we happen to be blessed we, to be on a mountain, so we enjoy the hiking. But not at 5.30 in the morning. No, not at 5.30 no. in the morning. No. That's we, bad. we used to have that. We had that um, where we joined a gym for a year. And I think we, but after a month of being there, we just both stopped using mm-hmm. it. And one of us, we were looking at the credit card saying, it's like, why every month is 80 bucks? What the heck's going on? And I was like, you know what? It's a fat tax. We're choosing <laughs> not to do it. We should still have to pay for it, damn it. <laughs> it's just going to, maybe it'll motivate us somehow. <laughs> Oh, I like that. (laughs) Yeah, it motivates you to get upset every time you look at your credit card statement. (laughs) Because you're sucked in for a year. Wait, wait, Heather, Heather, see if you agree with me on this. Um, Would paying a bill and continuing to get that bill once a month 
even though you know you should stop getting that bill, would that equate to hitting the snooze alarm every five <laughs> to seven minutes? Even though you know I you should... like your thinking. Thank you. Touche. That was well done. And the women win. Again. Again. Yep. <laughs> oh, guys, this is really good. This is good stuff. Um, Heather and Jonathan Borman, Borman Counseling. Uh, do you just counsel in Wisconsin live and in person? Do you do you work with couples or and and uh, and kids out via Skype or any other way? Uh, as far as counseling, counseling, that's just in person. There's some liability things that are a little bit tricky for us, but, um, for consults and things, we are setting up some systems so we can do that via Skype. Excellent. Excellent. So Heather, Jonathan Borman, Borman counseling will have all the information on their show notes page. Guys, it was so much fun, uh, chatting with you. Thank you so much. And we'll see everybody next time. We want to thank you again for listening. Be sure to go to iTunes to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, and review it. And if you have any suggestions, just email us directly, together at together247.net. Check us out on our website at together247.net slash resources for some great ideas, resources, and offers for your business. And don't forget to click on our sponsor's links as well. Do you own a business with your sweetheart? We'd love to hear from you email us at guests at together247.net. And don't forget, we have a new episode every Monday and every Thursday. So go ahead and subscribe and keep on listening.